We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. This is your weekly, mostly, generally rhetorical assault on the news cycle, people that make it, and occasionally ourselves. I am Camille Foster. I am so excited to be here. I am joined by Matt Welch, Michael Moynihan, my regular compatriots, and it is the dog days of summer. We we are nearly into mm-hmm. August, and one might have expected the news cycle <laughs> to just slow down a little bit. But there is a whole hell of a lot going on. We've got indictments really? galore featuring one Donald Trump. We have threats of impeachment swirling around Biden. Joe Biden insisting through his via his press secretary that, you know, he's not going to pardon his son Hunter if he goes to trial. And the reason why there's concern about that is because his his plea deal, this amazing plea deal, appears to maybe possibly be getting rugged. Uh, and then there is a plethora of other oh, things fell apart also already. happening. So things are weird. Oh, yeah. UFOs. UFO hearings on Capitol Hill. And uh, those appear to be a big deal. Gentlemen, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to do. I mean, what what do we do here? Listen, I bet I bet if an alien came down. Yeah. And he was bored enough. Yeah. uh, Hunter would fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) And then be like. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna make a painting now, <laughs> and I'm gonna sell it to my daughter, who's three. I've never met her, but she should probably buy my. Paintings. I think Hunter. That's Biden's my. That's what I gather. The news yeah. would be right now. I'm not really that's sure what's good. happening, but I think Hunter Biden yeah, would yeah, make yeah. a great ambassador to the aliens. Um, get him high on crack. Did you see this view? Uh, this view. Oh thing? no. We only hear about this when we're on Megyn Kelly's show. Yeah, I haven't been on in a while, so I don't like, know what's going on with the view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think Barbara Walters is dead. That's the first thing I heard. <laughs> she might be dead. I'm not sure. She was killed by Whoopi. Um, <laughs> that is racist. That. That's racist. Yeah, yeah, sure. You have to have one yeah, or the Whoopi. other one's killer. You can't have it be Whoopi. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, no, I had the Jew killer, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> That's an even more racist. Out of character. It's very like Leopold protocol. Loeb. Protocols of the elders of Zion there. That's too much. <laughs> no, it's Leopold and Loeb. I met a guy who listens to this podcast, by the way. There's who's a lot related of to either Leopold or Lo. I can't remember which one, but he was related to one of them, hmm. which I thought was amazing. And I was, I thought it was the most incredible thing of like the um, the Jewish murderer. It's the no one ever has ever ever pointed this out. You know the story of Leopold and Love. Do you do you not, Camille? No, I don't know anything. Matt, yeah, it's been you? a while. Two young, <laughs> it's, I think, <laughs> Chicago yeah. who uh, murdered uh, murdered uh, uh, a young person, and uh, because they thought they were so brilliant, they could get away with it. And they were just like these very kind of like the upper middle class kids. And uh, <laughs> that was the whole thing. They're like, we're so smart. Which I have to say is very Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> we're so smart well, this that we can get unibrow. away with this murder. He has a huge unibrow. Oh, yeah. That's what gave him away. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I saw a guy yes. who had a huge... He looked like a Sasquatch. And they're like, Loeb? Well, he seems, he seems like the evil one out of the two... It's the yeah. unibrow. Well, one can, I mean, I haven't revisited that case, but yeah. one like convinced the other one was like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's the unibrow. It's the unibrow guy, obviously. He looks evil. Unibrow is totally. Yeah. Yeah, he looks wow. bad. Yeah, he's like the Abe Vigoda of that, of that uh, <laughs> murder duo. Yeah. There's been a bunch of movies made about it and everything. Wow. 
And by the way, to our all of our listeners who are Jewish, which is about eighty percent of our listeners are Jewish. <laughs> As a matter of fact, on our last uh, on our last podcast when we did the um, paid only, I talked about uh, uh, my favorite correspondent, yeah, uh, who's a listener, who's a rabbi, um, and uh, just a, a lovely guy, yeah. And Matt, you met him sure in Israel. Did. That's amazing. He's an he's an American rabbi. Why didn't? And he's so Why Jewish, in fact, that we just happened to run into him in Israel. <laughs> but like, you met him in Israel. Too, because you're with me, or are you overthrowing the judiciary when I wasn't looking? No, no, I, I no, I was, I was saying okay, that we met him there. Right. Not, not I. Yeah. No, we, mm. we met him, and I was like, is there just one rabbi in America? Oh, she, and you guys like share him with? I Israel? was just reminiscing. We we're just reminiscing actually with Nancy, who was on the trip as well. Nancy Rollman, our friend, um, and we, it was a whirlwind trip to Israel with lots of, and the they just had the elections. And people were really bent out of shape about what the um, proposed incoming government's uh, judicial reforms would be, which, yeah. of course, have just been gigantic, huge, led to all these street protests, calmed down for a while. Now it's very much back in the news. And of all the little things that we did, people that we met and whatever, it was going into the uh, Israeli Supreme Court and talking and having the whole thing debriefed by a justice. I think even the uh, so a rotating yeah. chief justice, maybe I'm I'm forgetting uh, uh, who it was, but like just in you know when you're on uh, one of these kind of foreign trips, there's always yeah. the one thing uh, of the 15 things that you do where everyone falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was the one. Like everyone around this gigantic yeah. table in the Israeli Supreme Court talking about the thing that is going to uh, like royal. Uh, Israeli politics and and cause you know uh, and some people uh, will say this is the source of a future civil war uh, sooner rather than later. I think it's probably hyperbolic. She's breaking it down for us, and we're just like uh, yeah, uh, like just smacking noses off tables. So I feel badly about <laughs> yeah, our yeah. bad journalism there. But man, sometimes you get tired. Yeah, because everyone was. I mean, we've just gotten to the Middle East. It's kind of a long flight, and then they're like, you know, what you should do today. We should go to the Supreme Court. I'm like, really? And it's like, you know what's happening? A lot of bad things. <laughs> they got to do this. They got to do that. And then there's the Shmuley Bothrach, and he comes, and it's like, what are you talking about? At all how it went? <laughs> this is stereo. Oh, sure it was. This is stereotypical. Sure was. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's how it went, because I don't remember a lot of things, so I just fill in in my brain what I you wish just remember, like, <laughs> and I don't, I can't keep in, the color separate of what of actually Leopold happened. Leopold in Loeb's underwear and, and like their secret oh, code. Yeah. Yeah. Amongst themselves, but not what happened three weeks ago. If Leopold and or Loeb told me that at the time, I'd be like, you guys can get away with it. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I like how Camille buried the lead here, which is that two things. One is that <coughs> uh, just somehow this week, UFOs were rebranded. Everyone uh, decided all at it's once they're they called, called UAPs. Week. The, UA the UAP thing has been for a while since that you. New York Times. Is that what you? that is? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Is that what that is? I saw that acronym. I thought it was United yeah. Arab like pussies or something, but it was <laughs> Pemorants. I thought it was the United Arab Pemorants. Pemor. Yes. United Arab pussies. No. They, <laughs> That's a rebut. You guys are the weakest ones in the region. You're the UAPs. <laughs> they've rebranded. They've rebranded the whole thing in the hopes of making people not really take it all as a joke. And it seems to be working. I mean, they had congressional hearings. Like, it was a big deal. Yeah. And most of the people who were participating in this in these hearings 
who asked questions seemed to be asking questions in a way that suggested that we ought to be taking this very seriously. These are very serious men. Um, in fact, what I, did AOC <clears throat> ask? Uh, AOC, I recall her asking um, the gentleman who I'm forgetting his name now, um, but the the new the latest whistleblower, um, the gentleman who was on News Nation, asking him, you know, what would you look for yeah. if you were me? Um, and you know, I had a lot of thoughts about a that. new job, like a bit of a <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> um, <laughs> got some ideas, some recommendations for you, AOC. Um, but for the most part, I mean, there were a lot of suggestions, you know, people asking over and over again, have you, are you, are you afraid for your life? Like, have you been threatened? Him, of course, a answering. By who, the aliens? Well, the, no, the government. The, the suggestion there being wait, that wait, members wait, wait, of the wait, government hold, are perhaps hold, 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 threatening hold, 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 him yeah, and on. trying to prevent him from telling the truth. And of course, look, Moynihan, this is the whole thing. Wait, he, he filed. That's what he says? He filed a complaint, um, a whistleblower complaint. Um, because he says he had been harassed and intimidated in various ways by the people um, who did not want him to come forward with Dude. this information. Um, and, and it's wait, been reported wait, wait. multiple times. <laughs> it's been reported multiple times. such a UAP. That his, <laughs> that his assertions about his treatment have been regarded as mm -hmm. credible, although it's been misreported frequently that his claims, his broader claims about UFOs, um, have been deemed credible. And I, I should just maybe run down some of the things that he has made assertions about, mm -hmm. although there were two other people that testified. He suggested that the United States has, for decades, had a program uh, that involved retrieving crashed or perhaps even downed alien spacecrafts and related materials, um, and that the United States had various spacecrafts in its possession, parts of them, that we have for decades been working to reverse engineer the technology in these spacecrafts, and not only have that, figured it out? that there are bodies that have been recovered as well. Oh uh, what he referred to as, quote, biologics that were recovered from these spacecrafts. Non-human. Non-human non non biologics. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he's trying to be very precise here. He's trying not to be too hysterical. Um, but yeah, yeah, these are alien spacecrafts. We have bodies that we have recovered. So the United States has bodies. Um, that people uh -huh. have been killed and injured uh, by aliens and perhaps even government agents uh, in order to keep things wait, wait, hold secret. On. Wait, people have been killed by aliens? Yeah, yeah. People have been killed so and So like when they try to recover the craft, the alien's like mad? Not really it clear. It just knocks you out? Not, it's not clear. But we there does appear to be, and this is a, a, a recurring motif in the UFO, in UAP community, in that the UFOs, mm -hmm. when they show up over, say, nuclear sites um, or in close proximity to military vehicles that they will shut down like all of the electronics equipment in the in the vehicle and they'll be begin to behave strangely so <laughs> it's entirely so possible what you have to take this seriously <laughs> yeah you have sure. to take this seriously this is, yeah. we're having congressional okay. hearings about right. it there were three witnesses um and mm -hmm. i don't know i mean apparently you haven't watched a lot of this matt i think you've probably watched a little bit of the uh uap purely hearings. don't you have purely snippets but no i uh, this is what the people have been asking for Camille because you follow this stuff. And when I'm paying attention, and when some I of care. this came up uh, earlier, <clears throat> like there's the, I don't know if it was the Uamama, the uh, uh, whatever it was, the cigar, <laughs> no. the cigar shaped somebody yeah. rather. And then, and then the other guy, the whistleblower that we did talk about before, who um, mm -hmm. seemed really non credible. 
So there's been times, even though you want... <laughs> just because of his tattoos. You want that's, to that's believe, Camille, that you've thrown cold yeah. water on it. So I want to know, uh, how credible did it seem to you this time around compared to previous <clears throat> rounds? And we've talked about various uh, uh, revelations or whistleblower accusations. Um, it felt to me like it was a little bit more, but I'm not uh, I'm not the specialist here. Yeah. Look, the central player in this in this entire thing, and we don't have to go very long on this. The central player in this entire thing at the moment is Mr. Grush, who is the the gentleman who is uh, a former um, intelligence officer who worked on who worked on and in close proximity to some of these programs, and who has claimed in that big um, News Nation interview um, <clears throat> made all those previous claims that I alluded to. But what's interesting is almost every single time he tells this story and gives an account to some media outlet, the story seems to expand. Mm -hmm. So the first written story was just him saying there is this recovery program. They're trying to reverse engineer this engineer, this alien tech, and they've been doing it for decades. That's crazy. That's a big deal. If that's where it stopped, I would have said, oh, my God, that's nuts. That's a big deal. I want to see the evidence. When he talking to the News Nation people, however, he expands from beyond that to talk about there being dozens of spacecrafts and alien bodies. And it's noteworthy mm-hmm. that he didn't mm-hmm. mention anything about the alien bodies to the first woman who interviewed him. Um, and that's just, it's just a yeah. little suspicious. Uh, and then, of course, he goes in and he gives his testimony to, um, to, to the to Congress this week. And in that context, he continues to suggest that he's got, you know, dozens, I think he said something like 40 names that he might be able to supply uh, of people who they could uh, interview who are currently working in these programs and might be able to corroborate some of the things he's saying. But for the most part, um, seem to suggest over and over again that various things were just too, too um, classified for him to be able to discuss in public settings and continue to allude to the possibility that he might be get into some sort of legal trouble for revealing uh, classified It's funny all the classified stuff in, in American history always stays classified. Yeah, it's very strange. It. It's very strange. You <laughs> can imagine that if there's like people 40 usually, people- People usually like follow the rules. Yeah, 40 people who, who have knowledge of these programs um, that they might we tried to kill forward. Castro yesterday. <laughs> classified. Don't tell anyone. Okay, don't. Seriously, don't. Exploding cigar, don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how credible these guys are, Camille. I don't, don't, I don't think this gentleman is terribly credible, quite, quite honestly, just because his story keeps evolving. And the thing about it is it's not as, even as though there is actually um, this kind of abundance of evidence. Although there are many, many people who've come forward recently saying that they know something about UAPs or UFOs, that they've seen something um, or heard something, the trouble is nearly all of these accounts are kind of independent and based on different kinds of evidence. If you're flying in a plane and you see something weird that actually doesn't have any connection to Mr. Grush's testimony, he's making a separate set of claims based on a separate sort of evidence. And the two things don't actually corroborate one another at all. Um, And there are the Tic Tac video and all these other videos of unidentified things that maybe have no explanation. (laughs) Tic Tac videos? A Tic Tac spacecraft. Um, so I'm, I'm perhaps getting too far into the weeds. The important thing to keep in mind is I, who wants to believe desperately, am not at all convinced. In fact, I am incredibly skeptical of this and I'm not cynical about it. I'm skeptical. I've looked at it, I've scrutinized the evidence, and I just do not see anything approaching the kind of extraordinary evidence that I would need to believe this extraordinary thing. I saw one congressperson ask a good question 
Um, and it was a question that we posed, or at least I posed on this. On this, it was a uh, Burleson, uh, Burleson, Burleson, I believe the rooster, Rick Burleson, and he asked, uh, the <laughs> and he asked, and he asked, yeah. he asked if these pe- if these His question was what the fuck? <laughs> it was it was if these if these if these visitors from another dimension or another uh, uh-huh. galaxy are bright enough to figure out how to travel here. They can they can deal with all yeah. of the travails of that kind of travel. How is it they keep managing to crash here? Yeah, why can they <laughs> land? I was they're in- all like Zacharias Musawi. Yeah. They figured out like we're gonna figure out how to take off. I mean, but we don't need to land because we're gonna crash into the World Trade Center. And this when, is the the yeah. And one can imagine that if they've mastered uh, yeah. interdimensional travel, which is one of the things that was actually discussed, that that might actually be impossible for us to reverse engineer, especially with the technology that might have been available, say, 40 or 50 years ago. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. not believable. Um, and at least to the extent this stuff turns out to be true, um, I just need to see something more. And I think the biggest the biggest defect in the testimony is that Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Crazy Pants? Yeah, Mr. Gersit, Mr. Grush, Mr. Grush. <laughs> Gross. Only claims to have heard about these programs. <laughs> he hasn't seen anything yeah. himself. He heard about it from other people. He's not seen any so images. Him, he's not seen any videos. <laughs> but he's just hearing about things. And now he's testifying in front yeah. of Congress. The, the one thing I keep hearing, and I asked you guys this by It's text, really easy to get in front of Congress, isn't well, it? Is, but this is the thing. The thing I keep hearing is, well, he's under oath. And if he lies, he could go to jail. Ooh, when was the last yes. time anyone got in Never. trouble for lying to Congress? When was the last time that Raphael Palmero lots of people lie to Congress and Mark McGuire, Raphael Palmero, yeah, yeah. like yeah. baseball players. I mean, in the, in the Balco, yeah, they brought him in, in front of Congress. They didn't get in legal trouble, but they ruined their chances of ever getting into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame because Raphael yeah. Palmero, so, like, so, so I guess Mr. Grush will never be in the Baseball. No, hall of fame. I, I think he, no, he will not. Not, not yeah. even the basketball. He will definitely be in the Hall of Fame of complete psychos. <laughs> but, but there's uh, no chance he's but, criminally prosecuted here. No, if he is if he is in fact misrepresenting. I, I, I racking my brain, I don't remember um, the last time someone was brought in for a, either whistleblower or just showboat, bring the rich person up and yell at him um, thing. Uh, you know, they always do that. Like, do I have to remind you that you're under oath, sir? Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone turns <laughs> yeah, into yeah, Keith Olbermann. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, sir, yeah, are the worst person in Congress. But, By the way, I think that they've gotten, they understand what's happening. The aliens. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think they figured out that we're getting close yeah. to, to revealing their big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you start having these things and like, you know, they're like, what should we do today? Because you know, <laughs> they're starting to get close. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. Can you make that Mitch McConnell guy have a stroke mm-hmm. in the middle of talking? Let's see if he can. Let's see if we can do that. Just like fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And then Diane Feinstein will do that. Just put her out of business. Or it could be that they're both just super old. But Mitch McConnell did like literally. Fully that, was during, that was weird. That was weird. That was weird. I mean, it's not that weird because he's like nine. No, but it's like <laughs> they unplugged his unplugged his things, and he was just yeah, yeah, like yeah. staring straight ahead and. Didn't yeah, know what was going on? Yeah, that's not good. And apparently, he fell uh, like face planted getting off a plane yeah. recently too. Dear Lord, there's a lot of people yeah. who need. To I mean, retire. How, how a lot of people who need to retire? Y- y- yes, yes. It, Diane is still around. Right? Yeah, I saw She's a report um, that uh, during some vote today, they like, uh, all right. So how are you going to vote? And she's like, well, I 
the thing is about the the deal and and you could hear yeah. on Mike her staffer saying please shut up and just vote <laughs> no way yeah. she said i'm voting with yeah. the aliens <laughs> those people are amazing <laughs> selling drugs on market street love them well, i did see she's 90 she's 90 years old not she's getting 90. younger 90 it's not like a spring Good in her step God. 90 um no it's like if they can take a driver's license away from you at 90 yeah sh- shouldn't you not be able to like <laughs> legislate <laughs> that's probably a pretty fair somebody could drive some, someone could drive you over to be fair you can drive you over yeah. and then you can legislate on your I, it's very very strange um before we get to um i don't know, like politics and things that are boring like yeah. donald trump being indicted for the 40th time can we just talk uh-huh. about one thing one, Na- one nancy mace thing. being a freak in the sheets yeah what happened there i saw that headline <laughs> and i was like let's get her on she's american listens, hero right? Uh, she Mace. went to the uh, she's a for the prayer breakfast. To the prayer breakfast, she, she did this, <laughs> and she was giving she was giving a talk, and she begins with this anecdote about waking up in the morning next to her fiance and mm-hmm. realizing that she needed to go because she got up at seven and the car was coming at seven forty five, and she says, mm-hmm. "My fiance reaches across the bed and he tries to pull me wow. back into bed." By my hips. Let me lick you up. And I said, said, not right now, honey. And then Nancy says, And she chuckles (laughs) and she says, oh, TMI. And then there's a little bit of a laugh from the audience that you can hear in the video. And then she says, I started jerking it Well, what she said is, He'll be okay. I'll t- I'll be I'll be with him tonight. Whoa! <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Let's get freaky with you. Nancy gonna lick you This is a callback. So nice talk about premarital that. hookup. Like Michael's that. doing Nancy a little callback to our last members only subscribers only episode in which, um, yeah. yes. and uh, Andrew Wims at uh, Busty Wims at uh, actually clipped one of these uh, things off and put it on 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 Twitter. Uh, God uh, rest and damn his soul. Uh, Moynihan. Yeah, we got to sue him for that. Ma- yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, it's about time <laughs> after all he's done to us. Uh, That's Moynihan right. did deep yeah. readings of several, yeah. I think, uh, sexy time R and B ballads. So yeah, yeah, um, yes, he- yes. Which brought me <laughs> to um, the the uh, unfortunate uh, death of uh, Sinead O'Connor. That is sad. Which yeah. I, it is sad, and I would. I, my guess is that it was suicide. It sounds like everyone's is that right? That it was They're suicide. just not talking yeah, her, about it. Her she her died son, in a private residence. That's how they keep saying it. Yeah, she's oh, fifty six. She was fifty six. Uh, her son committed suicide last year. Oh man, she's had a really hard life. She had, a and really she described life. when her son um, committed suicide, understandably so. But uh, you know, even more like you know, he was my. He was the other half of me. Like uh, he. Un- understood yeah. me yeah. half of me just yeah. died no no it's, 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 it's terrible it's, it's absolutely awful. terrible you know it's one of the things is that is that if you you know and i've talked to some um annoying length about you know anxiety depression and things that you know rule my life that i would it, 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 it has to be very very bad and you know it is obviously very bad for her son to do that but it, usually the thing that governs you in those moments is other people. It's not yourself. It's like, oh my God, what would my daughter think if I did this? You know, or what would my mom think? Mm. And then what ends up happening is your mom kills herself because you're all she has. I mean, she had four kids, but there was that was her child that was like she was the closest with. Um, but I, you know, I it's it's a terrible, terrible thing. It is kind of weird though. I, I've been looking at some of the reactions to it. And um 
can I say something is mean? It's not mean. It's not mean. It's not mean. It's just that I, I don't. There is a kind of instinct when somebody dies, who and dies in especially in tragic circumstances, are far too young, to pick up the pen and start writing things that are wildly overstated about somebody. Um, the New Yorker today. This is what I was reading this morning. The headline was the unapologetic brilliance of Sinead O'Connor. Hmm. Sinead O'Connor is a very good singer. Um, I don't know of any song that she sang. Maybe Mandinka, her first single, that maybe she wrote that. But like songs that, I mean, she did a lot of stuff that were covers. You know, that one. She, with she was not a great songwriter. She was not a great songwriter. No, no, she, I mean, no she slur did, on uh, a Prince on song. What she did. I mean, yeah. she that Prince, that Prince, Prince song really hooked her up. Is great. Um, but yeah. it also wouldn't, it would have died in obscurity. Um, but she injected it with so incredibly much. All a first, yeah, she's a, a, first, first, take, take, a first take a and a first version. double track on the vocal too. It's, it's just amazing. Like, uh, and obviously, hmm. obviously the video, <laughs> yeah. um, that, I mean, that's, it's one of those covers and Elvis is really good at this and some people are incredible at it. Um, sure. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Graham Parsons, but uh, Emmy Lou Harris uh, can do that too. Um, it's it is an accomplishment, but it's right that she's not a great songwriter. That New Yorker writer, and I recommend that people uh, read it. Um, uh, in fairness to her, she has long been like hyper obsessed with Sinead O'Connor and has like deep meaning in her own world. Um, more, I, I, which is how I took that more than yeah. like overstating Sinead's actual importance. But uh, I mean, I, th I think. Like someone came at me because last night I was putting some of um, uh, stuff up on Twitter about it, mostly about the song "Nothing Compares to You," um, which is still just astonishing if you haven't looked at the video in a while or, or, or a live performance of her doing it, like in 1990 when it blew up. Um, uh, it still has the capacity to astonish. And the person was like, uh, "You know, she was a one-hit wonder." And I had this flash, flash of thought because um, mm. on some level it's true. She had. She's probably got 10 songs that have more than a million downloads or more than 3 million downloads on Spotify. It's a lot. Um, but, and, you know, including an incredible cover of All Apologies by Nirvana, which is really, really good. Yeah, she was like a cover band. Um, but like, uh, to to reduce her version of Nothing Compares to You uh, to one hit, it's like, I, man, you know, my gravestone is, is yeah. not going to say a zero hit wonder. Uh, although I fucking am, I'm not a wonder, but I have zero hits. Um, but like having one hit is such an accomplishment. It is, it's such an incredible gift. And that song in particular, the, uh, you know, 1990, that song was mm -hmm. uh, just the zillion pound shit hammer as uh, Hunter Thompson would say, like it was just everywhere and it was huge. And it came also at a time when remember she was like a weird, like nervy <laughs> art rock chick with a with a strong voice but just just a strange presentation he just a college rock girl back with that what we used to call this stuff and back then it was not the normal path for those people to do things that were popular right rem hadn't broken through really yet uh as of 1990 nirvana hadn't really happened yet the pixies were appreciated but it's not like they had hits um and so um in the midst of all that does this mammoth mammoth song and what a beautiful thing. Like what a what an actual accomplishment. If that's your one hit as a one hit wonder, that's the uh, I mean, deal. you don't have to overstate her brilliance as a songwriter cuz it's she's not. She wasn't a brilliant songwriter. Um but in the moment, um 
And man, she had a really, really messed up life and um, and Very like communicated it and out in ways that were interesting and it activated people and that was larger than her music and also often and also smaller than her music sometimes too, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the thing is, is that she did a great version of a Prince song. Without Prince's, her success would have been different. I mean, because I remember the line in the Cobra getting that record, uh, Newbury Comics, and it was before that single came out because the single was Mandinka, yeah. which was played on WFNX in Boston. It was like very kind of, you know, alt-rock, college rock, as you said. Um, modern rock was the other way that they referred to it. A song, so, it, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't nothing. She didn't come out of any, like just, no, like just that song and that was it. But I does, I am frustrated by, and again, this isn't her fault, but the desire to attach more meaning to people's chaotic lives than, not that they deserve, that's the wrong way of putting it, that, that they demand, I guess is probably different. Deserve has a kind of pejorative sense to it. But like the New Yorker piece had this um, really annoying bit which is like AI could write this, and it's also totally <laughs> probably bullshit. probably did actually. And when she when she, yeah when she <laughs> writes, um, O'Connor remained adamant that her performance on SNL did not quote derail her career, as many critics claimed. Uh, she continued making the exact sort of music that she wanted to make, and if it did not reach the same commercial heights, so what? Well, and if those for those who don't remember, um, Sheen O'Connor came out on SNL and tore up a picture of Pope John Paul. <laughs> like, not the Pope that you really, you, this is the one you really, it's not Ratzinger or something. Pope John Paul <laughs> tears up a picture and says, fight the real enemy or something like that, Matt? Was it fight the real yeah. enemy? I think she said, while tearing up a picture of the Pope. And it's like people, it's the way you recast these things as like an act of ferocious bravery. <laughs> it was an act of almost astonishing stupidity. Um, there's nothing, I mean, that was a, it's a cheap, a cheap stunt um, that you, it's particularly easy to do when you're an Irish Catholic. Now, this obviously comes from a woman who later in life converted to Islam and took a different name and you would see her with, you know, a hijab on every mm -hmm. time there was photographed. But it was the Pope um, was the, the real enemy. I suspect that if she was interested in sniffing around Islam, you could find some other problems that were a little more serious than the Pope kind of turning a blind eye to certain things that were happening within the church. Um, but anyway, she says that had never been the goal. I mean, we don't really know that because she does complain at some point that, you know, people don't give a shit about me anymore. Um, the next sentence I think is really interesting because this is what happens when writers project their own neuroses and stupid politics onto a, the recently departed. O'Connor had been thrashing against the dumb, stultifying demands of yeah, capitalism <laughs> and pop stardom even before she was famous. In her 2021 memoir, Remembering, she tells a story about Nigel Grange, the British record, record executive who signed her, suge suggesting that she, quote, wear short skirts with boots and perhaps some feminine accessories, such as earrings, necklaces, bracelets, and other noisy items, one couldn't possibly wear close to a microphone. And she walked out and said, uh, I'm going to shave my head and just be very pretty with no hair. Uh, that'll show him. Um, 
that that was thrashing against the quote unquote demands <laughs> of capitalism <laughs> is one of the dumbest things I've read in a long time. Because of course she became incredibly famous right after that. <laughs> the demands of capitalism were apparently met. This was actually a suggestion, not of, a, of capitalism, a economic system. It was the suggestion of a guy who said, you know, maybe wear the boots and be a little punk rock, but, you know, have the bangles on your arms and, you know, be a little Madonna-like, but a little more alternative. And she's like, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to shave my head. It's like, okay, that was actually good too. That worked for you. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's like, yeah, it was a good, good idea. And then this is, of course taken as oh my god capitalism you look at Sinead o'connor probably killed herself because of capitalism and again we don't know if she killed herself that's the presumption but um that kind of stuff drives me crazy i mean more than anything stop saying capitalism when you mean like marketing that's not what, that's not what capital capitalism is not like maybe you should you know show a little leg and maybe more people will click on the link and that's usually what happens. But it's capital. And weirdly capital. enough, there are different people in show business who have different proposed ideas about the same problem. Yeah. It's not mm. one problem no. called capitalism that you pop the cork and you do that one thing. Yeah. Um, and in fact, like uh, yeah. shaving the head and being a cute girl with gigantic eyes, just gigantic eyes and this yes. big weird voice. And I didn't know where that was going. Um, but yeah. That's okay. where it's yes. going. Big eyes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say a gigantic hijab. That's uh, <laughs> what <laughs> so she did at one point were a very big hijab. It was a great capitalistic move. She, like like a lot of great artists, she invented a category that didn't exist. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, she was like cute punk rock girl that was like kind of mainstream, but not really. She's a little cooler than just mainstream. And she was like the cute punk rock girl with the shaved head. And someone who writes a piece or, or a, a sentence like that is somebody who's still living in 1975 who believes that in the world of music or in the world of entertainment or in the world of marketing or advertising that you think of every woman like Farrah Fawcett. Like you have to be blonde and like, you know, like hourglass figure and like big boobs. or something. Like that's not, even then that wasn't happening. It's like, oh, you're like reacting against the demands of capitalism by being hot in a different way with shorter hair. It's like, what are you talking about? Is this, is, is this what, you know, like college Marxism has become? Is that, you know, oh, Shannon, Shannon O'Connor, she was like the Antonio Gramsci of, of uh, you know, Irish music of like the late 1980s, the early 1990s. And like, that's, well, she refused to compromise after she tore up that, that, no, she just didn't have a song that was very good after that. I'm sorry to say. I don't mean to be a dick, but go listen to her. I've been listening to some of her records that I hadn't heard, and they're like, okay. They're, just, they're really forgettable. And, you know, she, she has a view. Like, there's times when she works really well, but somebody else is usually making these things happen in the sense that, like, she does a um, duet with Shane McGowan from the Pogues, who has notoriously a rather um, compromised voice, a very ragged and then she has this really angelic voice. And they have this song called Haunted, um, which I think might even, and I'm just, this is from memory, I could be told, might even have Johnny Depp on guitar on that song, because I know he plays on the record. But it has a really bad guitar solo in it. It just sounds like, it's a, not a great song, but her voice is beautiful in it. And it's a great kind of, compa like, compare and compra contrast juxtaposition with um, McGowan's, like, raspy growl. But stop taking people's tragedies and like, oh, she tore up a picture of the Pope and she had, you know, 
politics that were really rather confused and say, well, let me, I loved her so much, I'm going to make her politics of mine and make sure that I can shape them. She was an anti-capitalist because she didn't want to, you know, wear a certain outfit that a record company executive, like, by the way, this happens with everything. You know, the whole joke and like when you make movies or documentaries is like notes. Like they get, like you'll get somebody who said, like gives you notes when you write a screenplay or you film something. You're like, what was the famous one for like, um, um, uh, what's it called? What's the one Michael J. Fox movie? Back to the Future. There was, they had a note on the title. Oh, really? And it was something hilarious. Like they were like, it's like super alien express, some crazy. And I think I'm pretty sure that it was either that or Ghostbusters, but I think it was, I think it was Back to the Future that had like an original title that was like, that was the notes given by the studio. And it's like, that's studio, this just people who have no creativity love to get involved in the creative process and tell you what to do, whether it's like to wear a certain outfit, Sinead, or, you know name your film something that's going to be really, really I think stupid. one brief defense of the kind of uh, uh spaceman from Pluto. I'd never heard no, that No. No. Yeah, spaceman spaceman from Pluto. They were like, <laughs> you know, look at here's the thing. I love it. I love Michael J. Fox. He's great. What? I love the guy from Taxi. Great. But I'm thinking spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's probably where we're missing. That's incredible. Spaceman from Pluto. Changing yeah, yeah, the yeah. title of the film to Spaceman from Pluto. Believing back, yeah, that was like an executive resonate with audiences. What the hell? That's all these people are. It's not about capitalism. It's about some dumb shithead producer who has no talent, who (laughs) always trying to like get involved in the creative process. (laughs) Spaceman, Uh, they got fired. Thank you for reminding me of my defense of uh, and valorization of the hot mess rock person is that uh, I like the hot mess rock person. Like I want Courtney Love to be crazy. Um, that makes her more attractive. Yeah, of course. Let, uh, so does the um, audience. And you yeah. know, John Lennon. But, but that should makes she more, be a murderer? Uh, Matt Welch? She shouldn't be. <laughs> John Lennon <laughs> shouldn't have been a murderer either. Yeah. Um, all of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Did you like? You liked it when he mur- she murdered her? Uh, well, yeah. I, no I'm apologies. Not, I'm not, I didn't put that out there. I didn't say that. Zero apologies. Uh, so like that. Yeah, you're not Nick. Broomfield. That like. <laughs> That she created more space for the hot mess character and also like for people like PJ Harvey, who's like for me multiple yeah. times the artist of Sinead O'Connor. Uh, but I I am, oh my God, I'm yeah. confident yeah. without having looked at it that PJ Harvey is mourning and is giving a lot of credit to uh Sinead o- O'Connor today because she definitely sure. like blazed I mean Liz this, Fair, yeah, I'm sure is blazed a trail yeah. of like I'm yeah. just gonna be so yeah. weird, you're not gonna know what to do with me. Um, but yet I'll still have enough impact that everyone has to deal with me at least for a few years. Um, that's all mm-hmm. interesting. I want my rock uh, personalities to be like that. Um, and then l- later on to be interviewed by uh, Tucker Carlson um, and driving around through their, their <laughs> hometown. I've got a hot take. Wait. Hole is a, oh, was better, that Ice Hole is a better band than Nirvana. That's a good there. try. It's a really uh-huh. good try. <laughs> I said it. It's, it's a failure, but it's a good try. <laughs> it's not right but you're basically selling Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins is yeah. a really good songwriter yeah because he wrote all those songs <laughs> wow on wow. Live Through This right I it, thought he it, was it, more uh, uh, he was more celebrity skin no miss than, than li- celebrity skin this. yeah he, he wrote yeah. Uh, which is an yeah, awesome I mean, awesome record named yeah, after yeah, an awesome band celebrity so. skin which is great uh, glam uh, yeah. glam punk band I just want to point out that I haven't checked my email all day because it's the summer and I'm trying to not um, read anything. And uh, I'm sitting down at my computer upstairs and uh, 
got an email, and we t- typically don't uh, do this until the paid episodes, but I just want to point something out. It's just for me, for me, just for me. Um, an email from Monique and Patrick, and I love the fact that you guys have a fucking joint email address. But um, the the and Matt, you'll understand yeah. this. Um, the subject is fuck yeah, mission of Burma. <laughs> then a music and fatherhood question. So I did end the last episode on Academy Fight Song by Mission of Burma, which is a great, great Boston band. So thank you guys. We'll get to that in a paid episode. But that just popped up right now, so I just figured I'd I say do it. want to not right now, um, but the tease for when the conversation goes in that direction. Actually, break protocol and read a uh, listener uh, question, which we usually only do in our subscriber only episodes which not all of you are paying subscribers the fuck is wrong with something you you know there's a lot of you are it's great thank you oh i'm poor i spent all my covid (laughs) money on cryptocurrency (laughs) fuck off you can pay us in whatever shit coin you have something else how did you you two (laughs) do drink water not milk in the in the shit coin uh you're getting shit coin bubble and burst did you guys make out all right I made that fun. I'm good. I was, I, I, I got, I got, I, I made fast moves and didn't, didn't put a lot of faith in it in the long term. So I, I got out before that was, I got that in. That was smart of me. I got out before I got in. So that was the smartest of all moves. Yeah, it was the best strategy. Although I have to say, our friend Nancy Roman, who Matt mentioned earlier, was just like, totally like i'm gonna buy some bitcoin and then like like six months later she's like this turned into like 60 grand and she's like i'm gonna cash out i'm like that you just did it right (laughs) it might have been a mistake but you did it fucking right a car and cash i don't think it was 60 grand but yeah she's like i bought bought a car and like i'm like jesus christ we bought covid cars she bought crypto car she bought yeah crypto covid car um, speaking of which, yeah. we we didn't talk about this at all um did you have you guys been paying any attention to the uh to the tate chronicles why andrew would, tate why would criminal anybody? prosecution i mean i'm paying a little attention because the rolling stone actually had a story um this week first about first text mistake. messages that suggest <laughs> that suggest great magazine that mr that mr tate um is a less than stellar character um and the text messages seem to confirm that he was doing a bunch of grotesque things and perhaps grooming women um, aggressively. The thing is, you didn't actually need the text messages for this. There is, there are terabytes of video of him openly admitting to doing all kinds of gross nonsense um, and recruiting women, referring to himself as a pimp, insisting that he gains their trust so that he can swindle them out of money, persuade them to be cam girls. Um, have them fall in love with him so he can manipulate them um, into into doing things and giving him money. But he also insists um, openly and proudly boasted, again, on video, which was posted to the internet, knowing he was giving an interview that he would insist on conducting business in cryptocurrency because that way he would never have to pay taxes on his <laughs> pimping revenues. Uh, it is astonishing astonishing to to watch this case unfold and you know i i would not wish prison on anyone but i'm sure as shit not going to pretend that this guy is some sort of stellar character um who doesn't deserve ignominy and perhaps even criminal prosecution so i mean one thing about what that makes it slightly more interesting to me beside the fact that for a while there my 
teenage daughter was quoting him at length. Uh, thankfully, uh, I think <laughs> South Park has now taken taken the lead from that. But um, uh, took him a, took him down a peg. No, just that like uh, she quotes South Park instead of like uh, Andrew Tate. Oh, well, they they also the lampooned G. him. So yeah, um, yeah, which uh, and that kind of uh, sort of helped that deal. But um, is the extent to which there's an effort and Tucker Carlson is the biggest avatar of this because he interviewed mm-hmm. him three or four weeks ago, I think, um, of like this kind of uh, contrarian might not be the word, but it's close to it of like, uh, you know, we should be looking at and trying to figure out why is it that Andrew Tate, um, you know, is being taken so seriously and why he's successful. And maybe we should, you know, not demonize him, not rush to demonize him, but like, let's try to understand him. There's this sort of element of all of the very obvious things about him that are obviously grotesque and despicable that you would say if anyone near you is acting like him and they got even a little bit on your sneakers or in your neighborhood or anywhere (laughs) around you, you would say, get the fuck away from me, you awful person, and you shouldn't be anywhere around anything. You're bad, Um, which is just obvious. He exudes this. It's not, I don't think, uh, a very uh, open question about that, at least from where I'm sitting. Um, And there's this idea, and I think it overlaps with a lot of politics. It overlaps, one might say, with problems that Ron DeSantis has been having this week with firing various like shit meme poster people um, who were making uh, campaign videos that had Nazi imagery, which is usually not the best way to run for president um, from what I've heard. Um, And there's this like, we have to understand this disgusting, gross culture and the avatars of it. And that's more interesting than just pointing out that it's gross and disgusting and reprehensible to act this way. Um, I get like trying to understand an audience um, and understand why where the audience comes from, but that shouldn't get one in the position of kind of laundering bad actors and bad behaviors and like um, and spending your old, your time. Uh, being an anti-anti rather than just saying, you know, to the extent that this person exists uh, and mu- and has to be uh, dealt with at all in any way, and hopefully that's not much, he's just awful. It's not, it's not a big riddle. He's popular and awful. Um, and there's nothing good about embracing it and like trying to figure it out and valorizing it in any way. He's a bad person. It's going to, I think, you know, with any kind of passage of time, the people who are saying, well, you know, he's really onto something are going to look not just uh, foolish, but just morally gross. Um, and there's way too much of this right now. I mean, isn't it just an enemy of my enemy thing? Yeah. And I mean, the reason he's on a two and a half hour Tucker Carlson thing is that Tucker Carlson looks at the people that are attacking him and says, oh, he must this have is, something. It seems this, to be that the enemy of my enemy thinking in American politics and political culture is so high right now and so grotesque. And it like really it is, is it is yeah. rotting everybody's sense of not everybody's, but way too many people's sense sense of, of judgments yeah. and basic morality. It's like stop it. You don't have to do it. You can you can look at this gross rotting thing over there and hold your nose and walk away, or if you're gonna have to deal with it all publicly, you know, and someone asks you about it. The thing that makes it interesting is not that, oh, look at those people holding their noses. Like, no, actually it's so what is the point? Yeah. What is the point of living a life? This is a similar kind of a, a, a kind of similar instinct. 
There are some people that we know, maybe the people that we used to know, but don't talk to very much anymore, um, who make a living in this world, in a political world, of just attacking one type of person because to attack that type of person signals to the rest of the people that you want to pay attention to you, that you are the right person, but you do that forever. And you end up not having any positions, not having any ideas. I mean, what is the purpose of being a writer, a journalist, a you know, so-called public intellectual in some cases, a stupid, a stupid term, I mean, we're all public in some ways, just more intellectual than others. Some, you know, and some are dumber than others. But what is the purpose of that kind of life? You know, the enemy, my enemy thing is that, you know, it's the, very much the way that Tucker Carlson lives his life. But then there's the other people who are like the anti-Tuckers who are just living their life trying to tell you who they don't like so you will like them. And it's like, there's no core to that. There's like, you don't believe in anything. I mean, if you ask people who listen to this podcast, what does Camille believe in? when it comes to, I don't know, an issue like race or an issue like economics or they could go on at some length. Um, I think probably the same thing is true of me. I hope so. Because I mean, I talk a lot about things and very narrowly say, these are what I'm really interested in. This is what I believe. And I can think some people that we all know that like, if you ask me what they believe and I say, I have, literally have no idea. Mm. I know what they tell us where they're against mm -hmm, all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a very similar instinct to the one of, you know, well, let's get Andrew Tate on the show because those um, bad people are attacking and he must be good. And the other version of that is let's attack all the bad people because they're bad and maybe the good people think that I'm good. And at the end of the day, it's like, there's nothing to your life. Like you're, you're a loser. You have nothing. And you got, I think you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. I mean, about. It, it's, not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not there's a, a, there's a lot one, of people, but there's one that I'm actually I, thinking. No, of. and it, and it's yeah. it's hard legitimately in a country where it's not hard to find major figures who are major within the context of one of the two major political parties who seem to be, you know, uh, uh, the the major character. You know, they're in the middle of everything at all times and having yeah. a pretty profound impact on American life. So I can understand, especially when they are in power. Um, being more uh, focused on them than than other things, but part of it is precisely that thing that you're alluding to, Michael. It's like when you don't know where someone actually stands for because all of their oxygen is spent um, shaking their damn heads at people that most people yeah. that you meet at a mall have never heard of, uh, but they're but yeah. they are uh, you know notionally on the job. wrong side and and are obnoxious yeah. themselves, but like. The point of, and, and this is something that I've thought about a lot, like from back, you know, five, six years ago, uh, and I'm not talking out of school or pointing even a criticism here, but when uh, Barry Weiss was still uh, around here, she would have regular, semi-regular gatherings of people. Um, uh, and uh, and I think, uh, you know, it was branded as the uh, thought criminals. It was, in, it was in jest. This has been public. I'm not talking out of school at all. Um, and there's only a few of them. Um, but, uh, I always had a sense of disquiet about organizing any group based on even self ostracization. Like the point of, for me, the point of creating space, um, and fighting for the space to speak, uh, freely and to uh, have latitude about stuff, to be brave and call bullshit, um, is precisely to pursue whatever you want to pursue 
talk about the stuff that's of, of interest and value to you. Like if you're fucking Camille, get high as fuck and go see some telescopes <laughs> and like try to exhume, you know, Cormac yeah. McCarthy, a great REM song. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least, you know what he believes. Yeah. That sounds like space, a hell of a Friday night, man. But you know I'm, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> let's go. Like the, there is, it's, if you wanted to wake up in the morning and be obsessed with how awful it is in academia, you would not have, you would not lack for resource material, but then you would mm -hmm. also become boring and you would lose perspective of that. Most of life is not academia. It's important. I get it. It's very important. And you know, Moynihan did a foundational, anyone who's working in those fields and who's more obsessed about it now than all of us, they are all using Moynihan's Evergreen University Vice documentary. Let's be clear mm -hmm. about that. They're going to be using stuff that all of us have done or, or uh, some of us individually have done. But when that's all you do, you're absolutely going to lose your own sense of perspective. Um, and it's like, what are you doing with your life? Like, I, I, I want people to pursue happiness and beauty and glory, or if they want to fight the power, whatever that is, do that too, but like not to lose that sense of perspective. And it's really easy to get into these kind of like dog licking themselves circles. Yeah, but the, the, I, I say there's one di small difference is that um, I don't mind so much people having gatherings when they're like, we're all in the same kind of situation at work and we'll talk about it. And then some give, some gives it a tongue in cheek name and people hang out and there's people that come in and out and of it. To be clear, I don't have a problem with any of that. When but it's, it's just like, like there's a temptation yeah, yeah, no, associated with that. Of course, no, that. I know. Right, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. No, no, I, yeah. I, no, I understand. I, but when it comes to something like, um, I'm obsessed with an issue of academia. And I maybe write about it too much. I talk about it too much. I think about it too much. Maybe I need to branch out. Or maybe that's just what I do. Um, you know, more, I'm thinking also of people who don't really focus on one idea. They focus on one feeling, which mm -hmm. is that these are the bad guys. And I want to constantly tell people that I'm not part of them, which is a kind of a different instinct. And it's really sad. And it's sad in the sense that, you know, you have nothing. Like these people that are like obsessed with like wokeness in colleges or something have something, but they just have only one thing. They're just narrow. They're just like going to be like Christopher Rufo or something. And like, maybe, maybe write about something else, maybe kind of move on and be more interesting rather than being that one note person forever. It's like, but I'm thinking about people that we know that don't even have a note. They just, they just want to be liked and accepted. And to do that is to be like, Oh my God, like to to tweet at somebody but not tweet at them, to screenshot tweet because you're also a complete fucking coward, and be like, ah, oh, uh, I don't know, uh, Jordan Peterson, whoa, what a cra what a dummy, <laughs> and it's like, all right, the guy that taught at Harvard who's like not my cup of tea at all, but like he's <laughs> like, what do you? Who cares? Like, why do you even give a fuck? It's like, oh my god, now Jordan Peterson's on this. It's like, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't really. He's, there's a reason he's never been on the show. It doesn't really doesn't. You know, I'd have him on. Get in, in hit anyone's erogenous zone here. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to obsess over it. It's like yeah, but if I obsess over it, you see what I'm doing here. If I obsess over it, people will forget like that I ever had a bad view at one time or something. That is, I want to be in this universe. To be in this universe, as you realize, you don't have to believe anything. You just have to be against things. Believing things is hard. Mm. Being against things is easy. And that's what you do is like, oh, I'm against the, yeah, Bill Maher, what a jerk. 
Like this is, this is, you know, you see this all the time too. Oh, uh, really? Uh, Bill Maher is a jerk. Yeah, hugely, he's, you know, four million people watch his show every week. What's uh, what's going on there? I don't know, but he's a real jerk. It's like <laughs> I like how all of your all right, well, your hypothetical your... people are sound by just one step removed from Norm Macdonald. And you had me like wanting yeah, 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 that Norm yeah, Macdonald yeah. was talking about Jordan yeah. Peterson. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there's no, it's Jordan the, Peterson there. Yeah, just, uh, it's, yeah. maps of the, meaning. There's that, Norm, you know. there's that Norm Macdonald joke where he's talking about the guy who, um, like, he was a pimp, and he's like, he uh, enslaved girls and like made the gr- a girl get a tattoo on her lip of his name and stuff. And his name was like, you know, Joe Smith or something. And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm starting to think this, this Joe Smith, he's a real jerk. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> he's a real jerk, which is the best, it's the greatest joke of all time. <laughs> I also sent you guys the Yogi Berra oh joke, which God. I came across. I was just thinking about that. I, 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 I've never, I don't know Did why. You just do it. Just... I had never seen that. And the joke is that he's like, I've been uh, hearing a lot of these, uh, the phrases by uh, Yogi Berra. I'm starting to think the guy might have been retarded. <laughs> it's just like, like the delivery so, was uh, Camilo, Yogi, that, but but R.I.P. Yogi Norm. Berra was a Hall of Fame baseball catcher. <laughs> yes, and he know. would. Yeah. I know. I mean, if you don't get, if you know, don't know that, I know about. Yeah. I know who he is, and I know about all the apocryphal sayings. I am. If you I see the familiar. fork in the road, but it might be it. useful to explain it to other people. Um. Nah, fuck. Uh, <laughs> no, I had a, can I can I tell you about one before we get back to something serious? Is an argument I want you to have you guys um, oh, no. chime in on this. In an argument tonight with somebody. It happens You're right? in your house alone, and it's, as far as I can tell. It, it, I'm in my room okay. alone. No. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's in my house alone. Um, and I was talking about yelling, <laughs> yelling at people. Maybe yelled at something. <laughs> and the response was, you should never yell at anyone, no matter who it is. Mm. That was what I was told. <laughs> and so, of course, this, I'm telling you verbatim what happened. And of course, my response was, even Hitler? <laughs> and there was a pause and, and said, yes, even Hitler. And I was like, you're yeah. telling me that you wouldn't yell at Hitler and then, and then she was like, wait, what is the conversation? I'm like, no, 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 hold on. You said I can't yell at anyone. Yelling at anyone is always bad. What about yelling at Hitler for the Holocaust? And she was like, no, no, you can't yell at Hitler. And she's like, that's probably how Hitler, and this is not a joke, that's probably how Hitler got to where he was anyway. And I was like, listen, yeah, so you're telling me yeah, that somebody yelled at Hitler and he was like, I think we need to kill all the Jews? I'm not, I don't think the history is uh, working for me. On that. So that was the conversation, a short version, but that is literally, those are verbatim I <laughs> quotes from the conversation. I don't Never that, yell at anyone. I'm objectively I, I can I can call her I'm up right now. Objectively on her side. <laughs> if she's on her crying. side. There's no question what's that, the, the background of that desperate attempt to get you yeah. to stop yelling <laughs> i wasn't yelling at her i was very mad at the oak tree that was dumping all the acorns in the yard and i was like fucking tree i was actually true i was like god damn fucking cut it down it's, it's too much of i can't I keep stepping on acorns fuck this and then um and then something else came up of course too it was something was different. It the, the turtle, um, but but she's like, just you shouldn't yell. And I was like, I get okay, I get what you mean. Yeah. You shouldn't yell. But then she said, you should never yell at anyone. It's never okay to yell at anyone. And 
So then I brought up Hitler. <laughs> I think yelling is like abortion. Um, it should be safe, legal, and rare. Oh, I thought you meant it's always hilarious. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. To our pro-life listeners, what, it's a joke. What, Relax. Uh, oh, oh, man. Yeah. Hilarious is right. And by pro-life listeners, I mean yeah. Camille. <laughs> Wait, Camille got stoned somehow. That's not in, my in official position. It's not my official position. I'm not officially, not official formally position. pro-life. I'm, I'm pro-choice. Uh, that is my official position. Uh, I, that's your official. Yeah. Um, uh, gosh, really? I, I think that's um, actually it. But seriously, did, Camille, I, did I you do, eat a gummy uh, just before we started? Because I didn't see you like smoking, but your eyes are now betraying themselves a little bit. No, I haven't had anything. I'm uh, I'm solo parenting uh, for the last couple of days. So to the extent my eyes look red and I seem a little out of it, it's because my son woke me up at 3.30 this morning and he proceeded to yell at me and slap me for an hour. It's never good for, for not being. <laughs> I know that's what I kept telling him, <laughs> but he was doing this because I'm not I'm not his mother. And that's what he you're wanted. Like, Daddy, you're Hitler. And he, he he proceeded to go, "Mama, mama, coal, coal and coal." Like he would intermittently just say, "Mama, mama, mama." And then he'd give me like three coals, and coal is Nicole who watches him during the day. And he would rather Hannah Jones was <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. She would fall instantly in love with my boy. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's calling for mama, calling for Cole. He makes it very clear. And then he'll say data. And he'll say it angry. Oh wow. He's angry when he mm-hmm. says data. Data. Mama, 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 Cole. Cole. Anyone but you is essentially the message. That's rough. Um, and he exhausted himself. He screamed at me for an hour and fell asleep on my chest, and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I've been going for a while, and I had to put them both to sleep this evening. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah they, they, you should just put them they, in they, a cage. You should get like a cage for them. We have one of those. Put like them in a cage. Yeah, we have one of those. Like a kid Builds cage? character. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, we got the leash and Yeah, the you just put them in there. Yeah. yeah. some point, you get the yeah, e-collar. Totally. It's fine. It's fine. It's harmless. Yeah. It's humane child-rearing. Well, tomorrow you'll be able to, or tonight, I should say, at 3.30, you'll be able to tell them you should stop yelling. Um, you can't yell even at Hitler. And I think- <laughs> I'm just going to yell back. Yeah. No, I'm going to yell back. That'll teach him. Stop being- I mean, it's especially hard for him as a, as a young Jewish boy. <laughs> and Cohen. Well, you, you know what's funny? You, have, you guys have- Black Hebrew Israelite. You haven't even met him in person. No. No, no I don't want to meet him. Yeah, I'm not interested. You know, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, I mean, it's not, there's no controversy because my wife would never step out on me. But the boy has like red hair. It's bizarre. Uh huh. Oh, he's red hair. So does Nicole, so does Nicole Hannah Jones. Well, my mom, my mom has red hair as well. But it's, it's, it's kind of wild. Like he has red hair. Yeah, it's weird. The red hair is a, is a weird one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for a Jamaican. <laughs> my mother has red hair. I don't mean like for like my family because they're called Moynihan. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, that's normal. But some guys like, go on, man, got a red hair. Like that's a little He's weird. He's Scots Jamaican. He is Scots Jamaican. That's oh, what yeah, it is. You're really clinging yeah. onto that. I'm just my daughter and I. Red by hair. The way, what do I going, gotta do? My daughter and I, uh, by the way, are going to Italy tomorrow. Tomorrow. And uh, very excited about mm. this. And she's very much clinging to this idea that she's Italian because my grandmother. 
And I'm like, babe, you're, you're literally like, they, like they kicked her out of the Hitler youth because they were like, it's a little too on the nose. You're a little too, it's a little too Aryan. We're looking to attract a different crowd post-World War II and you're a little too old school. Um, and she's just like, I'm Italian. And I'm like, babe, you are literally <laughs> Swedish. You're just, you're 50% Swedish. Because it's funny, like you do like a 23andMe stuff in Sweden and it's just like, you're 85% Swedish and 15% Norwegian. It's like, it's the same thing. It's like, pretty much. <laughs> There's no, I know, don't fucking write in and be like, we got a lot of immigrants now. And it's like, yeah, they just, you do that test, they're all from Afghanistan. And they're all like in their 40s and they pretend that they're 15. <laughs> Swedish people get what I'm talking about there. Um, so, uh, what were we talking about? Is there real issues to talk about? Or are we just doing a summary? Uh, there's a lot of no. I mean, we talked about we talked about it. I suppose we can talk about the Trump indictment situation, right? I mean, eh. what is what is the latest there? The okay. latest appears to be that another staffer has been indicted, and that Trump had directed someone to delete <laughs> go, video. Go delete the um, server. The boss yeah. wants to delete the server. That's not really good yeah, for the so, obstruction case. So more, so more not good situations for Donald Trump. And hey. This is also not the last indictment that is likely no, to land no. on President By the Trump. Time, and if passed his prologue, like he will have another bump in the polls because that's well, what happens. Yes and no. Yes trouble. and no. Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, there's I'm kidding. a pretty decent um, uh, uh, analysis of what happened the last two big indictments, right? There was the New York indictment. And then there was the first mm -hmm. of the Florida indictments that we just got an addition to tonight, and we're recording this on th Thursday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. The New York charges. one is frivolous, as we have talked about a lot, and they're inventing new legal theories, and it's just garbage, and they shouldn't have brought it. Um, it's my take, but I think you guys uh, broadly agree. Um, that is when his polls went up, right? It was back in November, December of last year. It was like. You know, Trump 50 plus, DeSantis 20 plus, it was a 30 point lead. And then uh, DeSantis starts clawing back and it's more like 45 to 30 for uh, January, uh, February uh, up through March. And then the end of March is when the New York indictment comes in and people responded to that very vocally and viscerally like that's bullshit. The Florida indictment when it first came out, this is the Jack Smith stuff, much more serious um, obstruction of justice, yes, and that tends to be kind of low-hanging fruit or like, you know, not the, you don't want it to be a process crime, but like, wow, he seemed to be obstructing the justice a lot and they have him like <laughs> quoted and on tape clearly and mm -hmm. just like, mm -hmm. it was a more impressive indictment than you usually see in these cases as uh, this uh, new superseding indictment is also has that level of impressiveness. It's like, oh, they got some tape um, and they got some more testimony. Um, that didn't seem to make a needle in the polls um, uh, at that time, right? Uh, DeSantis is going down. There's a whole lot of of confident discourse that DeSantis has ruined his campaign. Um, my God, the last two weeks, they, so many obituaries. It helps that he's fired like a couple dozen people. He's pared down his staff. He's had the little- it's Pretty early for that to be happening, Matt Welch. Meme Lord Nazi things. Yes and no. I mean, uh, January, uh, or not January, but July- of 2007, literally 16 years ago, I remember this incredibly well because I had skin in the game. Uh, John McCain uh, had to fire two thirds of his campaign staff on July 11th. 
of 2007, mm-hmm. and his obituaries were widely being written. He was number four. It wasn't number two. He was fourth in the polls. He's around 11%, uh, wasn't doing well. Everyone assumed it was all over. That turned out to be premature. Granted, he wasn't running against Donald Trump. That is a, a big and important difference. But the obituaries were wildly premature because the most important thing about all presidential primary elections that we've seen so far um, up until you know July or August, the summer of the year before, is that nobody is fucking paying attention to them. They just aren't. Um, the people who are paying attention to them are like people who are on Twitter or people who are uh, journalists or politicos and stuff. So it's like this, it's an early and important kind of signaling event, but voters actually aren't paying much attention. And I invite people to go and look at the real clear politics, like poll of polls and go see the long-term trends. There's not many, right? Lately, Vivek Ramaswamy, we were talking about this before Michael joined, uh, got the fifth column bump. So he's now up uh, uh, at a puncher's third place um uh in the in the polls which is kind of surprising that was our plan all along it was not, working to perfection yeah. it's because of his libertarian <laughs> rapping uh it's what really yeah. oh god brings it over I think that's actually list. disqualifying the percentage of things just that you send clear. that i can't actually click on because i know i'm going to be too embarrassed <laughs> yeah. to watch it that was that's that was you'd be embarrassed vivek for, for vivek on Fox and Friends. I, for America, for everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. shout, but, shout uh, out so to that lo- for, for, for climbing the polls, but that was bad. I mean, the rapping is not good. Don't do that. The rapping is not, not good. Bad. But yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a bit too early. And I think that there's potential, particularly in this Florida thing, and then also in the upcoming, we presume, and it might happen between now and when this episode gets posted that the Trump interfering with the, or whatever he did in the uh, January 6th post-election stuff indictment is expected this week too. Um, and mm. that- Yeah, that's the first county. And, and yeah, the that's, ele- that's the one to watch. The elements mm. of those things as they come out, um, uh, I think that there is a possibility for people who normally vote in Republican primaries to go, God, nah, really? And you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of them. It has to be some of them. Um, I think it's premature to write DeSantis's obituary as, you know, not great as he has, I think, been self-evidently be, been doing in um, in this campaign so far. So I think the, I think the indictment is it's um, the the brag one gets a shrug and and like a stop it. What are you doing? Um, uh, this one seems to have added a new level of the Florida one of like, okay, the boss told you to just, you had to delete the server and did it on the day that they'd got a subpoena saying, you have to show us all the servers. Um, and it looks really, really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, that looks bad. And you know, it's funny. There was somebody tweeted something today and I just wanted to give, I'm going to try to find this and post it. And I think it, I don't know if it was part of the original piece, but I've mentioned it in this podcast before. And it was a lot of people getting upset about a resurfaced clip of Steve Bannon, speaking of the uh, January 6th stuff. And in this clip, it was before the election, it was in October of uh, 2020, and Bannon saying that Trump is going to say that it was rigged regardless. I mean, Mm -hmm. if he loses, he's going to say that that it was stolen. Um, He told me the same thing. And I talked about it on the show. I think I've maybe posted her. If I haven't, I should. He was like, he's not going to. He, and everyone's like, I can't believe Steve Bannon is like p- plotting 
and you can hear him plotting. It's like, um, maybe he was plotting. Maybe he was plotting with people previously, but he was telling me and telling this person exactly what was going to happen. And maybe he just got that from Trump, or maybe he had that instinct. But it is actually funny when you think of the Fulton County uh, stuff, and when you you know go over this stuff, you know, find these find these votes and how crazy it is. And, and also note that Rudy Giuliani just admitted uh, that he <laughs> that, had that lied happened this week. About, yeah. This week. I mean, it's like, this stuff is so embarrassing and crazy. And you realize that the, the shell of a person who Rudy Giuliani is like compared to what he was. And I do not, and I think I might even said this because I was mimicking somebody in the past. I do not believe that this is the guy that Rudy Giuliani always was. That's the kind of argument. Well, he was always this person. You just weren't paying attention. No, I was paying attention. He wasn't this person. That's not true at all. He's Something's gone fully off with him. And then you have the pillow guy that I interviewed and has been very aggressive and all of this stuff and you know vid- visiting Trump. It is just a rogues gallery of complete, like, insane people. And the fact that this man is going to grab the nomination again, it looks likely is a real indictment of our country <laughs> in so many ways. And it's like not even about MAGA politics, because I think MAGA politics are incredibly stupid. Um, usually, you know, from top to bottom. I mean, I'm somebody who believes in free trade and um, doesn't agree with um, the left-wing politics of Donald Trump. I'm not a left-winger. That's why I don't like Donald Trump. He's far too left-wing for, I think, most people who are centrists and believe in sort of normal economic policy. He's, he's very bad at all this stuff. But more than anything, it's just to remember like the C-list people that came into that administration, the D-list conservatives that you maybe had heard of before, but they were in some like goofy kind of area of, of politics. And, you know, like, um, and I always forget the Hungarian guy. Seb Gorka. me. Dr. Seb Gorka? Gorka like <laughs> doc, Dr. Gorka, his doctorate from... The University of Good Vibes or wherever the fuck he went. And idiot. But these dopes that are just like, you know, cable news hosts, all of them, they become. And the problem is, is that the thing about Trump is that he'd probably be a much more effective politician if the instinct was, you know, we've talked about this. When people go on Bill Maher and they're, um, they're a, a political person, they try to be funny because they like think that's like you do. Like Bill Maher's a comedian, I'm going to be funny. Mm. And then, of course, the, the, the others try to be smart, right? That's the, what happens with Trump. Because the reason you get all these D-list people, and they all try to be him rather than try to kind of guide him and control him in a way that's like, you know, not trying to like sort of write the script for him, but control him to make him a more effective uh, political version of what his weird brain um, is always sort of spitting out these bizarro talking points and, you know, these bizarre policy ideas. But everybody just wants to be him. Like, Seb Gorka is just doing an impression of Donald Trump. You know, shouting and screaming, enemy of the people. Like, anybody who says that, like, media is the, the, media is the enemy of the people. I don't believe that you are become a, you know, a Stalinist or a Leninist or, you know, a Goebbelsite or, you know, totalitarian <laughs> regimes who have used those phrases as enemy of the people. It's just dumb. It's just incredibly dumb. And that's what happens with all these people is that they become versions of Donald Trump, like little versions. They're like, oh my God, it works for him. And all these people love him. And, you know, millions of retweets or retruths or whatever, and he wins the presidency. And, you know, no Republican can even make a showing because he's the best. So let's just be like that. And the only thing you can hope for is that he just 
becomes Mitch McConnell and just like has a stroke in public and then you just don't hear from him again. Because people that will then, I hope, stop trying to do impressions of him and ruining American politics. Yeah. Because I think that's what I think that, but there is, there has always been a, a cadre of people who tried that tactic that you are uh, agitating for, right? The, the not necessarily Mark Meadows, but kind of like the Mark Meadowses of the world who like, I'll get there and I'll, I'll figure out a way to control it. Right? I'll channel it. Um, the, well, Meadows is the one he's in all the trouble he's in now. There's a reason he's in part of the reason. Millie, you like all the, right. all the kind of, uh, the military guys who are in on the inside. Um, they, well, that, that's really interesting to say. Sorry, Sorry. to cut you off, but the, the, you know, as Bannon used to call them the generals, generals cause he hated yeah. all the generals from McMasters <laughs> and et cetera. Millie, and the funny thing is, is that you can very rarely find people within the military establishment that can, can ascend to these heights that are also mentally ill. And then you do that and it's Mike yeah. Flynn. And Mike Flynn is just like, you know, has gone from a kind of respected military person to a millenarian who believes that like Jesus is, <laughs> you know, that we're in the end of times or whatever. Yes. And the end times, not the are end of sure times. Are you sure he's not Seventh-day Adventist? I'm just a... Uh, the, the, the Seventh Day Adventist yeah. movement was born out of the the Millerite movement. Yeah, and he's he's uh, he's also um, he's written a book uh, uh, called Gifted Fingers. <laughs> it was called uh, Magic Magic Thumbs. I would read Magic about Thumbs. <laughs> Magic Thumbs is great. Bring any woman. It's, a, it's about his being a great Nintendo yeah. player. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very good at Game Boy and Jesus. <laughs> Unleash Magic Thumb. The Holy Waters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just anyway. Mm -hmm. Just to, just to, just to like excite everyone's brains. Chris Sununu. <laughs> More um, excitement. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Mr. Excitement, Chris Sununu. Uh, governor mm -hmm. of New Hampshire or whatever the hell. <laughs> That's what they call him. Yeah. Chris Sununu. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, apparently yeah. said today on the cable news, uh, uh, said confidently that um, neither nominee uh, uh, for the president in 2024 will be Joe Biden or Donald Trump. So well, that, 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 that's repeating a, um, George will call. Will said the same thing. Did he really? I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. He wrote a column said, it's not going to be, it's it, these, it's not going to be either of them. I, I, I assume that maybe okay. he could from that. Um, I like that. I think he might yeah. be right. I want him to be, I want him I to be right. Is. Um, and just imagine how crazy the world will be if he is right. Or yeah, or not yeah. or not crazy? Maybe that's it. it like it'll seem yeah. like it's such a respite from the last eight years of crazy that we won't uh, <laughs> yeah. be able to ground I, ourselves. I was gonna ask um, because because we didn't get into it, Matt. I, I understand you poo pooing the 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 obits for the governor of Florida, but why do you suspect he is struggling so mightily? Is it just the fact that he's doing a bad Trump impression or can we be more specific? I'm not, that? see, the, the, what I'm poo-pooing is the notion that he is struggling mightily in a way that is being reflected in his reception among the voting public. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's struggling a little bit. Um, like the polls over the last couple of weeks have gone down a little bit. And you, you know, mm -hmm. the, the trick when you look at the real clear politics thing, it's always good to average these things out. Yes. And to see that, uh, progression over time also. Yes. But if you're reacting to a daily, like poll, well, this is poll came out today, you know, Harvard Harris sure. says this, okay, look at the last Harvard Harris poll. Um, ch sure. chances are it's going to be pretty close, 
And if there's, you know, strong direction, then there's strong direction, but there hasn't necessarily been that much strong direction. So that's, I don't think that he, I think he's been campaigning like a jackass. I think, I think that he has been hitting the I'm anti-woke stuff. We are going to Mm -hmm. like the stuff that his wife is putting out there, like moms for mamas for DeSantis. Um, You know, we're going to protect ourselves the gays are not going to come for our children no ma'am they're not going to like what are you doing um like like there's like the the stuff that he actually wanted Moynihan could speak to this better than i too i can by far but like he didn't win re-election by 20 percentage points after squeaking through his first election by saying the gays are coming after your children he did it by saying your daughter who's in high school is not going to compete compete uh, in swimming against penis havers because that's crazy and everyone thinks so um i think that's 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 more like that's a that's a it's different thing it, i mean it's just because i mean look it's because he governed very well i mean that, that's just widely accepted i mean you have guys like you know national reviews charlie cook who's a florida resident and long been a uh desantis booster but been quite critical of him recently and said you know your great governor does not necessarily mean a great presidential candidate but I think that where he should differentiate himself, and by the way, you know, they're not going to come after our kids. Um, if, if, if it's a nation of groomers, there's really nothing you can do about it. <laughs> they're probably not coming after your kids because they're not hot enough. Just, oh. um, I'm not saying his kids. I'm just saying your kids got to be hype. Like, groomers, have, groomers have taste too. Yeah. Well, Andrew Tate has um, a lot of taste. Kind yeah, of, yeah, he knows. He the knows. Same thing. Yeah, he's a got some. Grooming's a hot, hot one. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I honestly think that, they that like, actually, that's fine. You have to, you have to um, move away from culture war politics and realize that there's a certain amount of that that works. Um, there's a certain mm. amount that uh, that really resonates with people. And when it comes to like, hey, I, I'm not going to make my campaign about it. But that, you know, uh, trans woman who has male genitalia and was born a man and is running a race against your daughter in track and field as a senior is, in my world, not a woman and should not be allowed to compete. You're going to get it. People are going to like that. I, they just do. They just, t- I mean, even if they're not politically right wing <laughs> or if they're not culture warriors, it just seems to make sense yeah. to them. Um, I think that the the curriculum stuff has been so wildly overblown that people who are otherwise smart people are pretending that it hasn't been. And you know it's hard for them to pretend that. They're talking about one sentence in a 220-page document that's like a footnote. Oh, yeah, this like specifically a, the, the African-American like history uh, curriculum yeah, controversy yeah, from last yeah, week yeah, where they yeah, said that yeah. some some people benefited from slavery. And, and yes, which is not exactly what it it's, says. That's not way. that's not really exactly what it says. Also, no, I mean it's it's also not factually wrong. No, it's just it's not you, a, it's not a super controversial that? claim at all. No, <laughs> it's like why is that in there? Is it yeah. being emphasized for some weird reason? Well, that's hard to determine. But I just, I mean, if I were reading that, I just took it. It's unfortunately too. It's on the second page because um, the rest of it's like pretty reasonable. But that's on the second page, and it's just yeah. like, okay, this is setting. But it's like tone. an outline. But it's an outline. It's an outline. It's yeah. one, it just does not. The rest of it struck me as completely boring and normal. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's it's you know, it struck me as that someone was trying to say that um, 
there were skills that were learned by people that they then used uh, in their either free life or if you know in in their post Civil War life in their Jim Crow universe that that's not wrong. Yeah, and even um, during why dur- to bring it up during the yeah, uh, okay, maybe, institution of chattel slavery still being enforced, some of these people would actually it, sure. go out and work yeah. and earn money in yeah. other contexts yeah. and then come back. And actually, in some cases, they could keep the money. In other cases, they had to give some of the money to their owners. Like the 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 fact that the institution was more complicated than is often represented. I mean, I think it's probably a good thing for people to be exposed to facts like that. It complicates. The uh, it, it's also bullshit, and nobody believes it when you say that that what they're trying to teach you is that slavery was had positive things. It's so stupid. For first, that's yeah. not what they're saying. It's like they're they're you learn skills while you're doing it. It's like. It's like saying that somebody was in Auschwitz and they were bunking mm-hmm. in a, you know, typhus infested bunk with somebody who was a, a philologist or a linguist <laughs> or something. And you learned how to conjugate verbs in French when you're Hungarian. Yeah. And they say, like, when I came out, you say, like, I was in there in this hideous situation and I was with somebody and we used to quiz each other on these things we didn't know and we learned. Right? It's like to say that those people learned when they were there is not saying, oh, it was a great, Auschwitz was a great institution of higher learning. <laughs> it was a great place to be. It's like, that's just a fact. I mean, d- is emphasizing that a stupid thing to do? Maybe you could, you could make that argument and I could be convinced by it. But I just think it's incredibly dishonest the way that people talk about this stuff. So, this is very effective to keep Ron DeSantis in that feedback loop <coughs> of culture war stuff because you unfairly attack him and he's somebody that will come back at you. And then, like, I think the thing that worked um, with him as governor the second time around is that you have a terrible storm bearing down on Florida and they have in, in the infrastructure to get everything kind of back online and bridges connected in a very short period of time. This is not heck of a job, Brownie. This is, you know, mm-hmm. people that did a really good job. And this I, bipartisan Democrats in the state said the same thing. Lean into that stuff because I know you're trying to get through the primary by talking about all the culture war stuff. But even the people who are primary voters, the culture war stuff gets exhausting too. And I want to know what else you have. Like, tell me what else you want to do. What, you know, what I need to know from a guy like this is that you're trying to position yourself, I think, I think very stupidly, in a kind of Trump universe, because you want to attract those Trump-type voters. And by which Trump-type voters, I mean, you know, populist voters that have conservative instincts, but idiotic um, economic policy ideas, which is more and more. And, and also, more. like, and, and a look, sense of, you know, you have him being a attacked. A sense of pugilism, like they, they want to fight back against the culture that's encroaching on them, right? Yes. And look, I get that. And that's that's part of it. And that's, that's you know, primary voters will... Of course, that will resonate with them. But, you know, I want to know what you think about economic policy because you used to be a guy that had pretty conventional Republican views, but conventional Republican views changed and so did yours. You know, it's, it's oh, like, I mean, Donald Trump is literally out there saying Ron DeSantis wants to um, attack yeah. Social Security, wants to dismantle Medicare. Like, no, he's attacking, one would hope that he's attacking the out of control growth of this stuff that that will it just cannot pay for itself in a certain amount of time but i have a feeling particularly with why, how he's tried to like very you know clumsily tried to straddle the um ukraine stuff you know which one, i mean he's a he's a veteran 
you know, he served in, and we, I think he was in Iraq. I, I, mean, I know he was a JAG um, and the controversy about him being Guantanamo and everything. But this is a guy that I, I think probably 10 years ago would have been quite an aggressive, um, you know, not, not, not in, in, in an expansionist foreign policy, but something that was probably an American exceptionalist foreign policy, somebody who believes that the American, you know, military should be, should be used here and there for, for the promotion of democracy. I would imagine that would be the position because I've seen stuff like that. But now I need people like this to clarify what they believe in the Trump world because the, all the Republican stuff is messed up now. So which type of Republican are you? Mm -hmm. are, you a free, are you a free market guy? Are you a free trade guy? Are you a, you know, isolationist? Are you a, you know, kind of RFK type guy? And also, or are you the guy who says government shouldn't be interfering in keeping our kids at school and closing our beaches and things like that? That's the type of conservative that most people like because they have COVID as an example of a total disaster. So what is it? What, where are you? Well, you don't need to tell anyone because you're in a fucking primary, which is annoying. He did say that he's an RFK guy in that um, he wouldn't be <laughs> making the head of the FDA. He's going to rule CDC. out He's going to rule out having RFK <laughs> yeah. as a vice presidential candidate, which I think is pretty big. Yeah, it can't be his running mate. Because um, that yeah. might be not good. But like, you know, if he's going to take it to the FDA or the CDC, uh, you know, maybe he's all ears, uh, which is sure. just amazing mm -hmm. to me because all you have to do is look in... <laughs> The headlines from November of 2008, Barack Obama had just won the presidency mm -hmm. and one of the trial ballooned uh, possible nominees to head up the Environmental Protection Agency was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yes, that's right. And <laughs> uh, it was seen as too controversial. Who considered it controversial? Mm -hmm. Republicans. <laughs> uh, yep. For the kind of understandable reason that he had this tendency to keep calling all kinds of different Republicans fascists um, in public mm -hmm. by name. He called John Stossel a fascist several times, which is... <laughs> he did. Okay, did. <laughs> he did. No, because he was just on with uh, uh, Sean Hannity, did a, like a, a thing with uh, RFK this past week. And Media Matters, which is a mostly despicable organization, one of these things that was started by George Soros to mirror the dishonesty on the right by like tracking what they do uh, in the media. But one of the things that they do well is that they actually track better than most. They track better than the mediaites of the world. Um, and so when this thing happened, like, oh, here are all the times that RFK called Sean Hannity a fascist <laughs> by name in the past and linked to a bunch of stuff. And he would always, yep. Is that uh, right? Uh, and That's he fine. would uh, mention Sean Hannity. Uh, I forget if it was Tucker. I don't think so, but it definitely John Stossel by name on a couple of occasions. Like, it, the, you know, heritage <laughs> defines Merriam Webster defines fascism as blah, 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 corporatism. And no, when I look no, and see no, what John Stossel no, is doing, no, I know what I think John no, Stossel no. is. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes, yes, yes. But look, yeah. um, to the point of DeSantis, like, and Charles Cook, um, Speaking of someone who has been, I think, unfairly maligned this week as someone who's being soft on on RFK Jr. Uh, by Kathy Young. And Kathy's a, a longtime friend and and a friendly colleague, but she uh, did him a bad this week. I, I, I don't feel any compunction of saying that. Did she? Did, she included she, him in, um, a, in a 
But but she did she she unfortunately did like a ten tweet thread saying some people say that I should have done this, but uh, I don't know. Um, Mm. Instead of just saying, "Whoops, my bad." Um, But anyways, uh, Charlie Cook rightly pointed out that um, floating RFK's name as someone who would be in a position of significance at the FDA and CDC is not the stuff of anybody's serious conservative, including someone who made his name, like the most admirable thing about Ron DeSantis from my point of view, which is admittedly weird and as a non-Republican, but is his track record in Florida having to do with COVID. He opened the schools by force, a little bit of force. Um, in September of 2020, yeah. when the schools around here were acting in such a way that now I have got two fucking kids in private school, which is not my the whole idea about moving to New York in the first place, to be clear. But like, um, RFK is not a person whose track record suggests that he should be in a position of policymaking power at a scientific organization is a nice way of saying it. All of that. And um, yeah. and he's yeah. there's part of of DeSantis. You can see the calculation like what does the populist base want to hear now? Um, and that's just kind of an ugly thing. I, I prefer someone who knows themselves uh, and they can uh, make a decision. Maybe I'll disagree with it, but it's like it reflects their own person. And I don't see that uh, of his broadly being now, even as I think that his obituary is being prematurely written. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to put everyone to sleep. Um, right. And I guess we we mentioned the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, there's there isn't perhaps much to talk about at this. It's crazy though, right? We've got a. Uh, it's 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 a little strange, a little bizarre. Um, the the lawyering is going to have to happen. So the deal is not completely scuttled at this point. Like the lawyers said, they wouldn't do it in the room, but it sounds like they they've got a period of time to pull together their arguments and this could still get approved by a judge. Something. Yeah. I mean, it's the judge, the judge said, and I think I'm paraphrasing, but the judge has basically said, what the fuck is this shit? And that was pretty much, and it was just like, wait, what? I mean, it was kind of like, kind of not far from that. It's like, seriously? Yeah. So yeah, I mean the the it's a bad but the, it's but a the bad fundamental look, but, issues. Yeah. There's like no no consensus between the defense and the prosecution about what that actually means. Correct. Um, and they they actually just have to come to come to terms with that. I mean, yeah. I suppose there's there's an aspect of this that makes me somewhat uncomfortable, and it's it's that justice suppo- is supposed to be administered in a in an impartial fashion, and one could suggest that he wouldn't have had a plea like this at all. Um, if he weren't the president's son, but this is obviously just a hyper-political circumstance. There's going to be a tremendous amount of scrutiny and a lot of opinions offered by, uh, conservatives about what's happening here. Um, so I, I feel a little bit weird about it being, you know, a, a heavily politicized criminal prosecution, but relatedly, while I feel a little queasy about that, I don't feel queasy at all about the prospect of there being some sort of impeachment um, inquiry into the Biden administration related to this. Because as I said, when uh, when Donald Trump was being impeached for the second time, uh, I want them to make impeachment great again. Mm-hmm. I think there should be more impeachments. We should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Let's, let's find out what's going on 
And uh, if there's anything going on that's uh, unseemly, impeach his ass. I think there should be more impeachments. Um, so mm-hmm. that doesn't make me feel at all strange. So I, I don't know if there are competing perspectives about that. I didn't pull the room before I feel... pivoting back to that topic. But here we are. When this first, when the first uh, story, the laptop story came out, um, pretty sure I said something to the effect of like, super gross, shouldn't censor it. That's obviously wrong. And also... <laughs> It's kind of hard to see this um, having any effect on the way that Joe Biden has lived his life publicly. Um, I think there's a lot more reason to be suspicious of that last claim uh, mm-hmm. in the intervening time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how many times was the big guy in the room? Uh, how aware was And on the phone. Mm-hmm. The phone. How aware was he that, yeah. that his son's, his fucking crack addict, ride down the slide, joylessly choking <laughs> off and smoking sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun at parties. Yeah. Uh, love him. Love him. Uh, <laughs> was making all of his money by trading in on his vice president, per- perennial presidential candidate, 50 years of a senator son. Um, yeah. Or father, whatever. Um, like, it's a, you know, it, it seems more plausible now. So, yeah, like, uh, let's. Uh, I think most of the people who are calling for such things are, are clownish by nature um, that we have an adversarial process. And it's mm-hmm. you know, said about congressional hearings, generally speaking, they're always a clown show. I don't expect a lot mm-hmm. of, of them, but I want them um, because they are fact finding. The adversarial system produces facts and discovery um, that are of interest. And by now, I don't I, I wish I trusted the media more to pursue and unearth those facts adversarially about yep. the messed up president's son. Um, and maybe he's just a Billy Carter who also lets, you know, he was an influence peddler, right? Moynihan, like he was trying to get to mm-hmm. Gaddafi, like it was this weird bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that attracted some attention too. Um, there's more media interest in that back then than there is, I think in Joe Biden's son now. Um, but yeah, go for it. Um, I, uh, I think that it probably leads to the increasing sort of badness of our punitive populist politics. Um, but also, like, I don't trust our current system to unearth what has happened here. So, fuck it. You know, that was the thing I was joking with the view that I saw that headline that it was like, you know, enough. To, we're, we're done with Hunter Biden. Enough with this obsession with Hunter Biden. And, you know, it's it's it might be a political process, but because if it is a political process and there's politics that's intrude that are intruding upon it, is it Hunter Biden's entire life has been, you know, inflected with the politics of his parents and, you know, politics of his father in particular. And that is we can't we can't just say like, well, let's let's, you know, disaggregate the politics from this. If it wasn't for politics, Hunter Biden would have never made a dollar in his life. Man's never made an. I mean, look, you see the story the other day about who's buying his He's paintings. He's a gifted artist. He's a gifted artist. He is gifted hands right there. He's, um, <laughs> He's healing hands. Straw. So it's, yeah, it's, well, yeah. I mean, that's like that's what it it's is. like. Wow, that is really just a fascinating way of doing it. Hunter, tell us about it. How did you come up with that uh, amazing technique that has been done a thousand times before? Um, no, but like the people who are buying his paintings are like political figures. This woman in California, who I think is an ambassador now, is, you know, a donor to the Biden family, is, you know, clearly buying these things for $500,000, $750,000, whatever. This is not a market value. 
there's no market value for paintings that that the of that it's it's literally i've found this thing that you can actually pay for where there's no kind of set it's like you know you can't buy a used car from hunter biden and pay him six million dollars for it because it's like wait what what's happening here Paintings are vague enough that stupid people would be like, well, that's what paintings cost. No, they don't. Not his. <laughs> There's no market for them. There's no, I mean, like you look at the painters who sell and sell, you know, good material. I mean, I was, it's funny. I was in that jury trial. The, the woman who was hit in that jury her, her, her and her husband are both famous artists. And I said who it was to Joanna. And she was like, are you kidding me? That's what the trial, like, I'm, I, I'm obsessed with him. I love his work. I've always loved his work. And his work is very, very good. And he's very, very well known. And it sells for less than Hunter Biden's paintings. <laughs> come on now. You're, you're literally, this is a scam. You're, you've <laughs> come up with a, like, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, like, I know the, 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 you know, shrieking yentas of the viewer bored of this story, but this is a scam i mean he's he has donors buying bad works of art for inflated prices because stupid people like you think that's what art costs and then at the same time you have and we can't emphasize this enough everyone should constantly be outraged by the fact that hunter biden has never earned an honest nickel in his life and he spent every nickel dishonestly too but that's at least fun that's at least fun to watch him you know smoke crack with prostitutes no, listen, there's nothing dishonorable about paying for your crack and paying prostitutes the money you promised them. I'm just saying, you know, it may. No, I think it's honorable. I think it's honorable that he pays his bills. Yeah. Um, he's paying, he's paying his bills. He just doesn't like to pay his taxes, which I can respect. I can appreciate I, that. I'm on his, I'm on his side on that one. I'm paying. I just, let me be yeah. clear. I'm paying. I just don't yeah. like it. So. Yeah, but you, the difference is, Camille, is like when you're having the balls. When you pay your taxes. <laughs> Have the flapping balls sliding down into the pool. The, and the you thing write is, off your strip club tab. I know it's great business uh, research, meeting. business meeting. Yeah, come on now. No, but you, how are mad because you radiant energy companies unless you're giving all your money to strippers. Like that's. But isn't that the most amazing thing? It, you have no fucking morals when you're like, you are mad that you have to pay the government money on go- on money that you've earned because you started yeah. a company and because you work at. Yeah. Like, he's mad that he has to pay the government in a scam <laughs> that he just got free money anyway. Imagine that. It's like, I, I like, like, Ukrainians put you on the board of an energy company and you're like, fuck, I don't have any taxes on this shit. It's like, yeah, you're getting free money, you dumb fuck. Like, literally, you're the dumbest person alive. Like, you're like, he's really. And by the way, it, 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 how can you? You're just disqualified. Like, you're fucking your dead brother's widow the whole time. Jeez. I mean, like, everything about you That's is like, you're such yeah. trash. And like, I just like, I, I love Hunty. Like, you do? I don't. You shouldn't. You should not. You should not love him. He's a bad child. And he's actually going to fucking ruin your life because he's like, pop, get on the phone. I'm talking to some Chinese guy about some kind of fucking company who wants to talk to you. And he's like, all right, come on. Hunt. Yeah, great. Gets on. And he's like, sure. Good kid. He's a good kid. And then I'm like, more proud. Never been and more then, proud. I'm proud. And he signs a check. And this is like, and then, and then the view is like, stop talking about him. It's like, no, no, we're not talking about him enough. Just because he's like the, 
classic American scam artist, and he happens to be the president's oh son. Gosh. So anyway, I, we've talked about him too much in life, I think. Yeah, at the risk of pushing this too far, um, and maybe I won't. Um, I, maybe the last mm-hmm. thing I'll say, because I, I suspect we're going to punch out in a minute, is, yeah. you know, with, with respect to these UAPs, we're having all these. Oh, here we go. And everyone who comes in to testify is a member of the military or intelligence community in some way, shape, or mm-hmm. form. All, all these people. And it's always the same cast of characters writing the articles and giving kind of witness statements in these articles. Always the same cast of characters. It's kind of bizarre. It's a universe of like 15 people. So that's mm-hmm. a little suspicious, too. But it's shocking. Like there are millions and millions of commercial and private flights that go up into the air every single day. These people have iPhones. They've got all kinds of equipment. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they reporting seeing these UFOs that are apparently crashing all over the fucking place to the point where you could just collect them, just pick them up, collect the bond. Literally nobody was like, I saw a crash too. There's stuff. And there's no No one coming forward. No one also saw a crash. It's citizens with their, their, their new iPhones. Like, just taking photos of the bizarre things. I do see photos every once in a while. I saw one just the other day, and it was a happy birthday balloon that was initially circulated as video of a UAP. I mean, mm-hmm. it matters that so much of this turns out to be bunk, and there's almost no one beyond these communities that's coming forward and saying, hey, we're seeing it too. I want to believe, and I am outraged at the credulousness of the congressional representatives who were in these hearings. (laughs) And the fact that there was only one person who asked sober questions like, Hey dude, honestly, seriously, are you kidding? Are you joking? And everyone else? Wow. How brave. They never never landed. Like, is anyone trying to intimidate you? (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? It's always, what is going on? A non insignificant point. Like if you plotted a map of all of, the UFO sightings, UAP sightings, yeah, it would be ninety nine percent in the United States. These fucking UAPs come down to the Falls Road. These fuckers <laughs> came down here. These Teg fuckers, and it's like, what? No, it's like, and you ask, like, you ask somebody in Rhode Island, have you seen a an alien? He's like, that's a fucking Protestant, and it's like, it's like an alien, like an alien from space, from somebody from space, and they're like, no, I've never seen that. They haven't. Uh, and I just love the crashing too, because that's what brings yeah. a whole new dimension of like these guys are the best pilots <laughs> until it comes to these again. These are like alien Zacharias Musawi. They know how to take off. They don't know how to land, and like they're just trying to fucking fly around. And they crash, and no one ever sees the crash except for some <laughs> dunderhead from the government who then tells everybody in their department not to tell anyone, and no one does. Like just and they're like, yeah, we're not going to tell anyone. Like, okay, cool. Could I got you. you. Imagine? Could you imagine? Yes. Could you imagine that yes. no one? You have the goods, and you know there are aliens. No one this says anything. Literally, would be the most consequential occurrence in human history. Yes. Yes. Aliens showed up. If we knew yeah. they were real. Yes. Come on, man. You're not going to tell anyone that. It's like no, no, no. This is like totally different. This is like a different. The world just changed. <laughs> And it's like, it's not like, oh, don't tell them that like John Dean's wife was a prostitute and that's why they were breaking the Watergate. Like, you know, those conspiracy theories, silent coup stuff. Like, I won't tell anyone that. That's just like, that's that's rude to her. It's rude to people. (laughs) Like people get mad. They get upset about that. It's like, oh, also don't tell anyone that we're not alone 
And there are huge, there are alien species that are trying to get, they keep crashing into our planet. <laughs> no, no, I won't tell anyone. I won't tell, I will not tell anyone. But I definitely will post a video that I just took of a guy like getting in an argument inside of a, of a Lowe's. <laughs> I'll just post that to everybody. But I won't tell them about the alien that crashed. <laughs> oh, God. All right, I got to go because I got to get with my daughter. Yeah, I got to go. Um, if you live in Italy and you listen to this podcast and you live, um, I know it's not. Hey, where are you going? I know it's a big country, but I can, I'm mobile. You guys, <laughs> you guys got the shit. I'm going to come. You know what I'm saying? Go over that boot. I'm on the little boot. <laughs> I'm going to heal that motherfucker. I'm going in. I'll be in the north. Okay. So I'm flying to the Atlantis. No, fuck no. I would never go to Venice. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's, it's in like beginning of August in Venice is beautiful. Yeah, no, it smells. I mean, the the city is sinking is under beautiful. the weight of like Canadians and Americans and other fat people. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely <laughs> think fat. it's beautiful, but it it is kind of gross. It's too and much. It smells, and there's dog poop all over the place when I was there. It's weird. It's you, you don't. They leave us for you because they hate tourists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't, they're not excited about you coming. All right. Yeah. All right. We, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.